Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here and great to have you along. If this is the first of our podcasts you've ever listened to, please do go back to back and listen to the old back catalogue. We've got heaps of content up there, all made right here in Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, right, a little bit of a departure from motorcycling this week because I've got a bit of a story to tell and there is, there's a bit behind this story, but uh, basically... I've looked at the analytics, and I know who listens to this podcast, and we are 90% male. That isn't to say that each one of you is 90% male, it is to say that most of, that 90% of our listening audience is male, and males are historically not good at looking after their health. Now, here's a story. I've been bedridden for the best part of the last three weeks, and I know what you're thinking. Wait. This is only the third week of the podcast for the year, and I haven't missed an episode yet. And no, those last two episodes were pre-recorded a wee while ago, but then of course I got sick. Now, the story is not meant to be a woe is me, feel sorry for me type thing. I'd really like to be able to help other people and not have them go through the sort of mess that I've been going through for the last three weeks. So... I'll give you the whole story and hopefully you take something from it. And yes, this is not really motorcycle related. If anything, it's what's been keeping me off motorcycles for the past three weeks. Now, I've been suffering from gout since I was about 15. Now, if you've ever had gout, you'll know it's incredibly painful. Generally targeting the big toe, gout is a buildup of uric acid in the bloodstream that forms needle-shaped crystals in the body's main joints. It started in my big toe over the, over the years. It's moved into fingers, elbows, ankles, whole feet, wrists, knees, everywhere really. And I thought I had it under control taking daily medication, but we'll come back to that shortly. About three weeks ago, I woke up with a massive gout attack, affecting both feet, ankles, knees, and elbows. Basically, it left me completely immobile. I had pain everywhere. I struggled away working from home and nursing myself for about a week, but the pain got worse, and after four days, I had to call in and see the doctor. They gave me some steroids, which they said should start working within a few days. Three days later and no improvement, I had to call an ambulance and was admitted to uh, Hutt Hospital. I spent a full week in hospital and it was horrible. I mean, the staff were lovely and the hospital was probably the best place for me, but it was, it was an ordeal. I finally started to get a little bit of improvement. Now, my knees were so swollen and sore that I basically had to keep them dead straight the entire time. I could not bend my knee at all. And after a few days in hospital, I actually managed to get a tiny little bit of bend in my knees. Remembering this is, this is two weeks into the ordeal now. Now I've been at home for a further weeks and I'm still hobbling around on crutches, still taking high doses of medication and dealing with dizzy spells and the inability to concentrate, uh, as well as, of course, pain. The question I have, though, is why did I suffer such a massive gout attack? Well, essentially... Although I thought the medication I was on was controlling the gout, I've also had a phobia of needles for as long as I can remember, and this stops me getting blood tests. And so, anything where I need a needle, I'll do pretty much anything I could possibly can to avoid it or get out of it. So what I have done here is put my health on hold for as long as I possibly can because of a simple phobia of needles. And we as males are all too good at saying she'll be right and not doing anything about her health or not 
getting something looked at. So what I want to say to you is take yourself, take your health seriously. If you've got a lump, get it looked at. If you've got something concerning you, get it checked. Get it tested. We put a lot of effort into our riding so we can ride for another day, so we can ride forever, essentially. We need to do the same thing for our health because you end up in the same boat as me. You can't do something you love because your health is putting everything on hold. They say if you don't make time for your health, your health will make you make time for your health. The second part of this is, of course, mental health. Now, when I was in pain for a solid week, looking down the barrel of no improvement, my mental health took a massive dive. I couldn't sleep, I couldn't function because of the pain. The thing is that no one seemed to listen. And pain can make you do strange things, and pain can make you do strange things. Debilitating, so it is. The thing is, you end up with intrusive thoughts, you end up thinking you are a lesser person, you're not worth it. And all I can say is get help. See a doctor, call a neighbour, call a helpline, ask a friend. And thank you very much to the Facebook page group, uh, Wellington Riders, who uh, I reached out to and really helped me. All I needed was somebody to post some photos of motorbikes and talk to me about shit and take my mind off what I was thinking. And it worked. So if, even if that means that you need to reach out to this podcast and have a yarn, do it. Mental health is, is no joke. It's not something we should be taking lightly. And uh, if it, especially if it's brought on by pain, man, you've got to get that pain under control. You've got to look after your health. So my recovery. Well, my knees are still quite swollen, but I'm getting a little bit of mobility, a little bit of bend back in them. I'm on crutches hobbling around the place and uh, managed to get in the car yesterday and go down to the supermarket very slowly. So I won't be riding a bike for another week or two, but definitely uh, getting the mobility back and um, and tell you what, getting out of the bubble, getting out of the house really helps. Um, but that's that's a morbid story to start a podcast with. Um, if this resonated with you, reach out, have a chat to somebody, have a chat to me. You can email me. You can email t7adventuresnz at gmail.com. t7adventuresnz at gmail.com. Let's get into something a little bit more motorcycle related. Ex-editor of Kiwi Rider magazine, John Bentman, attended the world launch of the new Triumph 400S for Kiwi Rider. And after battling the pier mercilessly around the hills above Valencia, Spain and trying to stay alive in the cut and thrust of the downtown traffic, he came away impressed. Triumph Speed 400 and Scrambler 400X, all the photos up at kiwirider.co.nz, February 2024, Volume 1. Triumph has come to the 400s market in a very triumph and a not very triumph way. These brand new modern classics Speed and Scrambler 400s bring the Mark's signature style and quality into this smaller capacity segment, only with an almost uncharacteristic budget-conscious price point. So, not only is Triumph challenging BMWs and KTM's offerings, but they'll be upsetting Royal Enfields and the Chinese participants too. The 400s with engine code TR, a heritage reference, are a new lower cost access point to the brand. Both are feeders to existing ranges. The Speed 400 joins Triumph's Speed Twin and Speed Triples. 
and the Scrambler 400X joins the Scrambler 900s and Scrambler 1200s. You can see the family DNA in both and it's very neat. It's also very smart and while these are the smallest modern Triumphs we've seen, they're not small bikes. Both have near enough full-size chassis and to the casual observer will pass for their bigger capacity siblings. Triumph used the word authentic a number of times in the introduction and yes, these are bona fide Triumph motorcycles. The styling, the attention to detail, very much the quality is typical high-end Triumph. It's only here and there in certain components like the non-adjustability of the forks and simple preload only adjustment on the shock, the cable clutch and the not exactly premium brakes that you can see how Triumph managed to keep a lid on the costs and hence the price. All said though, these are beautiful creatures. Thoughtfully created and evolved and they will sell globally in big numbers. So what about the ride? First impressions? A cracking motor. Triumph has made the most of these 400s 40 horsepower. The ride is smooth, the transmission slick, and there's a pleasing mini throb from the exhaust. Single buffler on the speed, twin on the scrambler. Revved hard or in short shifted response, the fueling was spot on. There's a feeling of solid unburstable engineering too. These engines took a lot of abuse over the launch and yet remained mechanically silent. Handling is sharp on the speed 17-inch wheels and stable on the Scrambler's 19 and 17-inch combo. And that chassis responsiveness helps define the characteristic of each. One town, one country. Despite the shared motor and chassis parts, it's impressive how different they feel to each other. Entry level though these may be, they're not going to disappoint and what better way to see brand loyalty. Unfortunately, that's all we have time and space for in this issue, but we'll have a full lowdown in the next edition of Kiwi Rider magazine. Go to kiwirider.co.nz. And that about wraps up the show this week. Thank you so much for listening. The third episode of Kiwi Rider podcast for 2024, done. My name is Ray Heron. If you want to email me, you can, t7adventures at gmail.com. Uh, Kiwi Rider magazine is a, is a free magazine made right here in New Zealand and absolutely free for you to check out at kiwirider.co.nz twice a month. My content goes up at motonz.com and a new video up at the Moto NZ YouTube channel every week as well. Um, otherwise, keep the rubber side down, throw it on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. <laughs>